One day a man was being tailgated by a stressed out woman as he drove down a busy city street. Suddenly the traffic light just ahead of him turned yellow, realizing that it would be red by the time he actually got into the intersection, he stopped. Give him credit, he made the right decision. Can't always say that I've made that decision in similar circumstances, but he did. Well, the tailgating woman, who was obviously in a big hurry, was not very happy. She began honking her horn, screaming obscenities, and making obscene gestures. You can use your imagination to fill in the details there. All of a sudden, she heard a tap on her car window. It was a policeman. Told her to get out of the car and to put her hands up. Then he took her to the local police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and put into a holding cell. Two hours later, the policeman came to get her. He took her to the booking desk and gave her back her personal effects. And he said, I'm very sorry for the inconvenience, Mrs. Jones, but let me explain to you what happened here. I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, cursing and swearing uncontrollably, and making some not-so-nice gestures with your hands toward the man in the car in front of you. At the same time, I noticed your Choose Life license plate holder, as well as the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker that you have on your car, and the Christian fish emblem on the trunk. Naturally, I assumed that you had stolen the car. That's an old story, but it illustrates a truth, a timeless truth. It shows that there's a close connection between commandments and consequences, a connection that many people today fail to recognize. Mrs. Jones, God bless her, violated the second and the fifth commandments. The fifth commandment is thou shalt not kill. Anger, she had plenty of that, is at the root of killing. That's covered by that commandment. And she suffered several negative consequences in her experience with the local policeman. In today's first reading, Moses delivers to the people of Israel the Ten Commandments that he had received from God on Mount Sinai. Now, it's very important for us to understand what these Ten Commandments, these Ten Directives are. They are the moral laws that God has built into the very framework of reality. They're not arbitrary rules. They're the moral laws that God himself has built into the very framework of reality. In that sense, they're a lot like the physical laws of the universe. If you honor them, many good consequences will follow. If, on the other hand, you disobey them, you court disaster. For example, if you decide to walk to the edge of a 1,000-foot cliff and then take one giant step forward off the edge, you're not going to be able at that moment to determine the consequences of what you've done. Reality will dictate the consequences to you. You made the choice to do something foolish. You made the choice to violate one of the laws of nature. And now that law, which is the law of gravity, will take over and you will fall. It's as simple as that. You can't drive your car into a brick wall going 70 miles an hour and then expect your car to be in showroom shape afterwards. 
it will be broken into a million pieces and so probably will you. You can't drink lethal poison and expect to be in perfect health an hour later. You'll be lucky to be alive an hour later. If you violate the laws of the material universe, you can be sure there will be consequences, negative consequences you'll be forced to deal with. So why do some people expect things to be entirely different in the moral and spiritual dimensions of reality? Why do they think they can violate God's moral laws with impunity? Why do they think they can disobey his commandments without suffering any negative consequences in the process? It's impossible, my brothers and sisters. Now, this is not a complicated idea. This is a basic concept that even a small child can understand if he wants to or if he's forced to. Tell a little story that illustrates the point. Several years ago, a woman from this parish went to visit her great-nephew, who was about five years old at the time. The little boy spotted his aunt coming up the front walk toward the house. He opened the window on the second floor, stuck his head out, and yelled to her, I can't come out of my room today. I've got consequences. <laughs> that little boy understood at five years old. He had done something wrong, and he was experiencing the consequences of his actions. His parents were teaching him a very valuable lesson. It's the same lesson, incidentally, that C.S. Lewis taught the world in The Lion, and the Witch, and the Wardrobe, one of the Chronicles of Narnia. Most of us know that story. We've read the book. We've at least seen the movie. In that story, Edmund betrayed his three siblings and violated the quote-unquote deep magic. Deep magic was the moral law that Aslan, who represents Jesus in these stories, had, and his father, the emperor beyond the sea, it's, it represented the moral law that they had built into the magical world of Narnia. Edmund violated that law, violated one of the principles of that law, and the white witch was well aware of the necessary consequence of that act. Edmund had to die. So if you remember the story, she demanded his blood. And even Aslan had to agree that she was right in her demand. It was C.S. Lewis's way of illustrating the point that St. Paul makes in Romans 6.23 when he says, The wages of sin is death. What really disturbs and worries me, and this is why I bring it up at this Mass, is the fact that so many people nowadays don't seem to take this truth very seriously. They scoff at the idea that there's any intrinsic connection whatsoever between commandments and consequences. Now, perhaps in some places that's because those who have this attitude don't know what the Ten Commandments are. They couldn't distinguish Commandment 1 from Commandment 8 or 9. But I know that's not the case here. We have a Ten Commandments monument right on there on the front lawn. Most of you walk by it every time you come into church. So obviously you all know what they are. Right? Don't worry, I won't quiz you. The question still remains, even if we know what they are, do we really think we can violate them without suffering any negative consequences in the process? Do we think we can put other things before God, use his name as a curse word, mismass without good reason, disrespect our parents and others in authority, murder someone's reputation, support evils like abortion and euthanasia, commit sins of impurity, steal, lie, covet, 
Do we think we can do all that and not experience negative consequences? Do we think we can do those things and not have it affect us and those around us in a negative way? Are we living in a dream world? We haven't done so already, my brothers and sisters. It's time for us to wake up to reality. Commandments and consequences, those two C words and what they represent, cannot be separated. Which brings us finally to another important C word, confession. In fact, to end my homily today, I'll put the three of them in one sentence. And if you forget everything else that I've said today, try to remember this one line. Confession helps to undo the consequences of violating the commandments. Confession undoes the consequences, especially the eternal consequences of disobeying the commandments. And that's why we should go to confession often. Do you?